0: Come meet me at the museum Good evening and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Adrian C70th Bat at C70 on Twitter. With me again this week, Alex Foley. You'll find him at AlexCard79 on the Twitters. Alex doing this Friday night. Uh the Cardinals are currently ahead in a ball game, three to two. Um after and actually rallied to take a lead after the week this has been. When you see Hobby Baez hits a two-run home run in the first inning, how much did you want to just write this game off?
1: Well, as you know, on Friday, we do a family movie night, True. and the True. movie had not ended yet. So I didn't actually see the home run, but I was uh, sneaking a peek at my phone, and I saw... Before I saw that happen, I saw someone say um, something to the effect of, Well, it looks like I only needed to watch one inning of the Cardinals tonight. And I knew that was not good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew that wasn't because the Cardinals had jumped out to a 9 0 lead after, or, you know, 10 right, 0 lead, right. like, like uh, game five of the 2019 NLDS. Um, but yes, uh, that. Just thinking about it is quite deflating. Although, is it really? I mean, I, I feel we're kind of old hands at this by now, even though <laughs> even though it's only been like a week and a half of this misery. Uh, you know, it feels like it's been years.
0: Yeah, I don't think we could be deflated because we're not inflated at all um, at these, <laughs> this time and period. Um, it was another two-strike home run, which I believe is the 20th one they've given up this year, which just sounds... In, I mean, 20 home runs sounds insane by itself, but to have that many, if, if I'm right, and I believe that's, you know, Dane Perry wrote about it in his sub stack today. Um, this two strike business is, is kind of crazy, although a little bit skewed. Um, but also, I mean, how how bad is it when you have two strikes on Javi Baez and you can't strike him out? I mean, that, that just feels wrong, doesn't it?
1: Do you remember last year? I don't even remember who it was or what the stadium, what, what stadium it took place at. But it was a ceremonial first pitch, and someone threw, uh, one of the all time worst, mm-hmm. um, uh, first pitches. Uh, like kind of like fifty cent. You remember when fifty cent threw that first yeah, pitch? At yeah, the, yeah, it, yeah. It was similar to that, and someone. Um, who's good at the internet, spliced in Javi Baez, um, swinging and <laughs> whiffing at it. Uh, and yes, when if you have two strikes on Javi Baez, I assume it was not the count was not full. Um, no, it was one
0: two, one and two. Okay,
1: yes, one-two on Javi Baez. Uh, don't throw him anything near the plate for at least a pitch or two. And, and speaking of that, uh, Montgomery a little high in the zone tonight. Very high in the zone tonight. Have you noticed that?
0: I have not, I've, you know, like you, I wasn't watching the early parts of the game and I'm just kind of catching it on on game day now, but um, maybe I I, I would, I would trust you on that.
1: Uh, Very anecdotal because like I said, I have not been watching. I've only, I turned it on um, the inning that they rallied and scored those couple of runs. Uh, By Mm. the way, uh, let the record show that none of this, what is happening right now is Wilson Contreras' fault. And when I say this, I mean the 10 and 22 record, right? Uh, he, he has shown up to play, yeah, and he was largely um responsible for um that rally in terms of his base running. Um, but yeah, I, I digress there. Um, I don't remember what you're oh, yeah, so the uh, two strikes thing, I, I didn't even know i don't know if i just missed it i didn't even realize that was a thing until today to be honest mm-hmm. and then because gould had an article about it and attached i didn't read gould's article i read uh dane perry's substack on the same thing as you've mentioned a second ago i didn't read gould's article um just because it kind of came across my feed while i was at work and because i'm not subscribed to uh post-dispatch. i understand uh, that
0: i understand okay. that
1: Okay, Um, so I wasn't sure if I'd even be able to read it. Uh, But there was a weird quote. There are
0: ways. I'll tell you later. (laughs)
1: Okay. There was a weird quote affixed to it
0: from Flaherty,
1: I think. Um, Again, I read this quickly. I was in middle work. I I don't know if I'm reading this. But I couldn't tell if Flaherty was saying the catchers are not doing their job. or I, I can't imagine that's what he was saying.
0: Do you know what quote I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Can you let me decipher see. it
1: for me? Tell me what he was L- saying.
0: Let me go. I mean, if it's Derek Gould, he's tweeted it out 15 times since then. So let me just um, <laughs> see if I can find it. But I do know what you're talking about. And it's not – the way I read it, especially when I, I think I looked at the thing, it was it was kind of a, I think he even Kind of a what we was,
1: all suck right now?
0: Yeah, kind of. And it was a, more of a game preparation than – then you know what the catcher's calling um let me see okay. if i can um yeah I, i'm just trying to find it really quick of course now that the game has started there's gonna be some other stuff there but um well i'll tell uh, you it, what here okay. yeah our host now that's flaherty says this one is two strike hits whatever it comes down to too many two strike hits today too many balls hit hard that's frustrating. Our whole staff throwing pitches that don't make sense. That might be what you saw. Um, and I think that was less about the catcher's calling than the more we're not doing the right things.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I suppose, and you're, you're probably correct. It's it's still kind of a, a weird quote. And I don't get hung up on these things because, one, these guys are just ask questions on the fly. And sure. They have to... They're not always prepared answers, almost mm-hmm.
0: never. So well, I've, and Flaherty was pretty upset yesterday with everything, mainly himself, I think, um, yeah. given the way things went. And he may not have articulated things um, the way that it you know, might have. I, I was kind
1: of upset too, Daniel.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people, if they weren't upset, <laughs> they were just resigned. <laughs> um, oh, um, not to steal...
1: Cardinals off days bit, but you want to know uh, something I learned this past week? What did you learn this past week? A lot of Cardinals fans really think this team might lose 100 games.
0: <laughs> yeah, you put that out there about um, of what the Cardinals have, you know, how long it's been since, you know, they finished, you know, finished last and, and finished behind the Pirates and finished 100 games. And you said they wouldn't do that. I assume you got some pushback on that. I got a lot of pushback on that.
1: And some of it was just, well, they're on pace to lose 115, which means they're going to lose 115. Um, Some of it was just like, look, this team looks terrible right now. Uh, And to that point, I certainly will not argue with. uh, But I just want to remind people how hard it is to actually lose 100 games. It's not an easy thing to do. You know, we laugh at the Cubs often. Mm -hmm. The Cubs, and this surprised me, but I looked it up. The Cubs have lost 100 games once over the last 55 years. Wow, yeah, only funny. once, and it was 2012 when they were in full-on tank mode,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, and they lost 101. It, it it is not an easy thing to do. Like the Cardinals could, from here on out, be what 20 games under 500, and they still wouldn't. They still wouldn't be on pace to lose 100 yeah. games. So it's, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, I, I just want to, and, and I, I don't want to sound like I'm being uh, like preachy. Like I one one of the things I actually like about Twitter is like when the Cardinals are doing terrible or whoever's right. doing terrible, whatever team you follow is doing awful. You can just kind of like go on there and just start yelling and screaming. And it really doesn't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're someone like you or me, uh, where we try to sometimes moonlight as people who know what they're talking about, <laughs> <laughs> then maybe that's a, a little different. Uh, it's certainly different if it's like, you can't have Derek Gould on there, just like ranting yeah. <laughs> and raving <laughs> after a <laughs> loss, spewing nonsense. Uh, no one wants that. But I, I have no problem. I, I never want to be like someone who's like quote tweeting just some random guy who's saying things that are kind of right. like ridiculous because that's kind of what the medium is for. So I, I don't. I, I'm not trying to sound like that. I just want to say, like, it's really hard to lose 100 games, and I, I don't think I'd be surprised if this team lost 90 games.
0: Probably. I will to to go to your point of how hard it is to lose 100 games. Colorado Rockies have never lost 100 games in their franchise history. Which is you that bet. right? Yeah, you, they're the most. They lost Colorado,
1: You know what else they've never done?
0: What's that? Won the division. Also true, also true. Um, which has not stopped the Marlins from winning two World Series, but um, <laughs> winning two World
1: Series titles, yes.
0: But uh, but yeah, and then I mean the Colorado Rockies with Nolan Arenado, who the Cardinals now have, and a lot. You know that was pretty much all they had, um, at least for part of his career, and have never lost hundred games. It's very difficult to imagine. Now, that being said, the way this team has gone so far it's understandable why people think that, but it, at some point in time, this is going to turn around. Now, is it going to turn around enough that the Cardinals are a playoff team? I don't think I want to go that far anymore, right? I mean, this is, there's a lot, they're going to have to really play some really good baseball and have hope some teams don't to, to make a playoff right now, don't you think?
1: Oh, for sure. I, I think you've seen that, you know, we follow a lot of the same people, so okay. I'm guessing you've seen a lot of the tweets saying, like, "Look, the Cardinals need to go on a 96 win pace the rest of the season." To, mm-hmm. um, I think it was maybe John Fleming mentioned that today Something to, like to that, win, yeah. to win like 86 or 87 games, which was the uh, record of the last team in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year. You know, that's what that's what these holes do, and I mean, this is not even really a hole anymore i don't know what it is it feels like we're in uncharted waters it's um, it's a... at, at this point in the season we're, and... we're,
0: we're to chasm now i think
1: and what's funny yeah. is the last two years they did exactly that which is the last two months of the season they played mm-hmm. what like 6 30 baseball yeah. um yeah but we can't count on that happening every year. <laughs> it's not going to happen every year. Right. It's it's pretty remarkable. It happened two years in a row, frankly. Mm-hmm. And obviously, the roster can change, will change, I think. But it's hard to imagine it happening with this pitching staff.
0: Yeah, that really seems to be the case. We're starting to see some changes in that, I think, We've kind of reached that point of, okay, now let's see what internally we have. You know, Jake Woodford has been, well, he was taken out of the rotation. It is now on the injured list. And what are we oofing about?
1: I, oh, I, I, just, when you mentioned Jake Woodford, that was the reaction it it induced. Well, (laughs) I had the game yesterday on my tablet while I was working and it was on mute. And every time I would glance over at it, this was after Flaherty had been taking out, taken out of the game and uh, relieved by Woodford. Mm-hmm. Every time I glanced over at a tablet, there was just a ball being hit very hard into the outfield and being fielded by the right fielder. Um, this is the inning where they batted around, if, if I'm yeah. thinking correctly, um, remembering correctly. Uh so yeah, that, that's why I okay. I, 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 I'm that's okay.
0: absolutely fair. I get that um, because yeah, I think there's a lot of of people that have had that reaction for some time, and I think every year we need this reminder. Spring training stats don't tell you anything, right? I, I told,
1: mean, I told you you don't have to watch that. Yeah, I mean, stuff, well, and, that, yeah. and that's you don't in, have time.
0: See, it's the only time I've actually watched the Cardinals this year, but uh, um, and they won games back then. Maybe you may have been missed see, out, Alex. You may see, not have. It's actually No, won.
1: no, that just shows you how meaningless it is.
0: <laughs> yes, but you got joy out of that,
1: that <laughs> of. Did you know? I mean, are are, yeah. are you are, are you looking at the standings the next day in the Grapefruit League and getting excited? Uh, no, like, but at uh, the I mean,
0: end of the game, I'm happy that okay, they won. <laughs> you know, hard. unlike whatever this has been. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, Woodford had a very strong spring and we thought, okay, maybe there were some indications some of us thought, okay, well maybe he's going to be at least a league average pitcher. Not so much. Um, we have seen Stephen Matz who also had, I think a fairly good spring. I'd have to go back and look at it, but I remember them thinking that he had a pretty good spring is to the point where, It's kind of questionable whether he'll make his next start, although it sounds like he probably will. Um, But if it's questionable now, that means it's a good chance it's going to be questionable for quite some time on how well he's going to do. Um, We've seen Jack Flaherty give up 10 runs, and it's not exactly a surprise. Um, Except for Jordan Montgomery, it's really hard to put a whole lot of faith in anybody that's in this rotation and, and you're right I, and i was looking at, at somebody else or some twitter feeds and stuff like that and just the indication that you know even that 2014 which we talk about somebody pointed out and i didn't do the, i didn't back it up so i don't know that this is actually true but they were talking about how it was like one of the best staffs statistically um at least in quality starts and stuff like that um and that's how you win i mean you've got to be able to keep the offense you know the other team down because it doesn't matter if you score 10, if they score 12.
1: That doesn't surprise me at all. Because I mean, we're talking about Chris Carpenter, uh, Woody Williams, if I recall, had a strong year. Matt Morris, yeah. I think, was still quite serviceable. Yeah. Who, who is that main fourth starter? I'm forgetting. Was it? Was, I know, Supon was so oh, six. So, let me see. No, 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 no. Supon was definitely there in 04. And I'll tell okay. you how I know this. <laughs> the one image that will never leave my brain. Is him dancing between home plate and third in Game Three of the World Series in '04, as Jose Okendo is just throwing up his hands in uh, <laughs> disgust. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, right? that's actually yeah. what I was
0: thinking. I just didn't. I was misplacing the year on that. Yeah, um, that that
1: was that was Game Three of the 2004 World Series, and uh, that's you, when I think we all knew
0: this might be over. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he was there, and the other person was um, Jason Marquis, who was
1: ah, of course, of course,
0: made his mark in St. Louis history by being traded for Adam Wendell. Um, But uh, no, he, yeah, right. But
1: he also threw a lot of innings right. that year. He yeah. did, and
0: he pitched. He pitched fine in St. Louis. Yeah. I don't want to say that Jason Marquis was. Uh, he had his moments, definitely, and yeah, you look at that, Matt Morris is actually the, he won 15 games, but had the, you had a 472 ERA, everybody else was, you know, in the upper threes to low fours, um, you know, teams, you know, ERA plus, Matt Morris was 90, but everybody else was um, 101 to, well, Carpenter was 122, you know, they were solid pitchers, you're right, and you've got to be able to do that, and it is hard, you're right, to see this team doing that. Now, Matthew Libertor has pitched well in Memphis. He seems to be still on the right now. There's a little bit of what I was looking at Twitter, a little bit of confusion. It looks like Memphis is marked this weekend starters as to be de- determined, but it's also like he's the probable, so it's hard to know exactly what they're going to do with Levertor. but it can't be too long before he's up here, right? Because this this team needs something like that.
1: Absolutely. And I'm trying to think how to phrase this, but which is always a dubious sign of what you're about to hear (laughs) might not be that might not be that great, but you know how sometimes you feel like they're sticking with someone for too long. I think Brett Cecil might be a a decent example Mm. Um, solely because of the contract. Like, look, he's being paid yeah. this much money. You, you have to, you have to get him in there. I almost feel the yeah. same way about Matt um, Liberatore because of who we traded for <laughs> to get him. <laughs> like, are, are we going to let Rainier Rosarena be a very solid outfielder for three plus seasons before we even get to see this guy at all? Now I, I know he pitched a little bit last year, but you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Let's, I, and and granted development, they're at different stages of their careers when they're trading for each other. I, I, Again, yeah, this is like a very half baked idea, so uh, I'm not, I'm not going down the hill on this. But yeah, like I want to, like come on, like when can we start like recouping the benefits from this trade? It seems like it, it, it's time.
0: Well, and I mean, even without the trade, although you're you're absolutely right into that regard. I mean, Matthew Leibratory has 45 strikeouts in less than 35 innings at Memphis and a 214 ERA in what has typically been a hitters league um you can't tell me that you know even if his name was joe smith that you don't need to get that guy up here right now because i mean he's better than any it's not like you know you just can't find room for him um you know i we can argue about whether the cardinals should have signed pitching in the off season and I, you know how that, i think there's some argument to be had there obviously people think they should have i can understand some ideas of why they maybe didn't but you know right now you can find room for matthew libertor get him up here i mean i i'm really surprised honestly that Stephen Matz made his last start much less that they're going to give him another one because i mean you know whether it's he just needs to adjustment or whatever the case may be he's not he's not giving you a very good chance to win right now
1: yeah, and you mentioned this Joe Smith guy. I don't even know who that is, but hey, bring him up too, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I'll have to ask Kyle Reese about Joe Smith. Um, yeah, maybe he'll you. know all about him. So. <laughs> I, I I could not agree more. And it makes me think a, a little bit about Jaime Garcia. I, I, I'm trying to remember who used to make this point about Jaime Garcia in that like he, he would be hurt and be making some rehab starts and... You know Springfield or, or somewhere, and mm-hmm. they were like, "No, just like look, Jaime only has so many pitches in him per season <laughs> before right. he gets hurt. So right. let's have those pitches be in St. Louis." Uh, I'm starting to feel that way about uh, Libertory when I see those when I hear those stats.
0: Yeah, and and I think you know Monday after you know the Cardinals gets swept in Los Angeles, they get it back from this road trip, but you know, two and eight, 10 games out of the division. There's an off day. And we kind of thought there would be maybe some, some roster shakeup. Right. And that, you know, you see the white Sox that same day, make 11 different moves uh, of putting people on the injured list, bringing people up, bringing, you know, designating for time doing doing something. And the Cardinals then, you know, made like one, you know, they, they sent Zach Thompson down, which is a discussion we can have in a little bit about, about that whole thing. But you know, and they made some so they made some moves today. You know, bringing up Yepes and um, James Nollie, but some of that seemed a little bit based on the fact that Tyler O'Neill needed to go on the injured list, and Jake Woodford apparently needed to go on the injured list. And you wonder if those guys were healthy, if they would have made these moves. I don't know. It just feels like there doesn't seem to be a lot of urgency. I guess around this team. And there's a whole lot of stay the course, which is fine. If this course is going to actually get you somewhere.
1: Right. It's, it's not easy to navigate. Uh, I look at the Jordan Walker situation where people felt like that was kind of like a panic move. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and other people I think agreed with, uh, agreed with him being sent down and, and, or, or agreed with him being sent down, but didn't necessarily agree with the whole way he was being handled um, from the get-go. Right. Um, so I, I don't really know quite how I feel about it. And part of that is me just not having a comfortable grasp on on every single person you know that we just mentioned who's, who's in Memphis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly share the frustration with a guy like for the time when he was up, a guy like Mater being here. Uh, instead of yep so especially when he didn't have a single plate appearance i believe in yeah, that for, entire for series time. right right when there were at least a, a few times you could point to a situation where like you know yep bat might might fit well right here so hmm. it is tough and i i would have to think i it, look it's impossible to think that mosaic is not feeling this uh, and again, when I say Mosaic, like, I mean basically everyone over there. Uh, he's just right. kind of the the name that I think we all use. Um, it's impossible to think that they're not feeling this heat because it's never it has not been this bad. Uh, we discussed this arguably in our lifetimes, and, and that's a not a crazy thing to say. Like we could back that up pretty pretty easily when you. When you factor in just the win-loss record, which I think, as was mentioned, it's that's the worst it's been in 50 years, which predates us. But also the expectations going into this season, which they weren't sky high. I mean, no one, no one thought this was a team of the caliber of like the Braves or the Dodgers. But we certainly thought this was a team that would be uh, a major player in the NL Central, which is not good. Um, and, and that's like kind of the saving grace here is that uh, <laughs> we haven't won since what last Thursday and did we lose any ground
0: not much I mean, we we did. Barely, yeah. We, yeah we didn't
1: lose a ton of ground on on um, on on the division because mm-hmm. everyone else was losing a lot too uh, and you know eventually we're gonna get to play these guys a couple times so hopefully that can be an opportunity to start making up you, you know some of this i don't know uh i i kind of just went off on a uh exit ramp from what we were actually talking about but that's fun. but it, it's the idea that if mosaic is like if they're not having any sense of urgency then it's like well then what, what are you guys even doing like what do you think do you think it's panic on the inside at least like oh my gosh like what, what have i done sort of thing so this is like the this feels like the the mosaic's hubris team that we're seeing right here uh and again i'm not I, i'm using him as a catch-all for not just gersh but also dewitt everyone like whoever's responsible yeah. for thinking like yeah we can escape by with another rotation like this for another year we've done it before we can do it again
0: I think, I don't, there's definitely not panic. In part because I'm not sure the Cardinal front office has that setting. Um, Which is good, by the way. Yeah, for the most part. Um, And I don't ever want them to do a knee-jerk reaction. In fact, honestly, that's part of, as you were talking about with the Jordan Walker thing, that was part of the thing that made it seem like there was a little bit of discombobulation going on because you did you you send moder out for assignment he clears waivers and you immediately bring him back i mean that's the kind of thing it's like well why didn't you just send walker down to first place why didn't you bring somebody else up why you know this just seems really weird you just got this guy off your 40 man you're bringing him right back um and it just didn't feel like it was well thought out which is not something that we think about with this front office i mean if there's anything they think too much about stuff um, so I don't think there's panic for sure. I do think there's concern. I do think there's probably some thinking of okay, we think this is gonna turn around. You know, like like Dane was writing in his substack today about the two strike issue, you know, they're in the stratosphere on balls uh batting average and balls in play. I mean it's like six hundred or something in that situation, which is like three times what the league usually is or something of that nature. It's, it's insane. So it's going to levelize yeah. out somewhat. That said, you know, happy BIS, it's home run next so Maybe not. Um, but um, so, but I'm, so I'm sure that there's some idea of, okay, this is going to turn around, but there's some people that are going to be thinking, well, one, what if it doesn't? I mean, you get things like this, right? You get a season which kind of defies the odds, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Um, And I think there's probably some concern about what they're going to do about that. And I got to think that the fact that Wednesday night and yesterday afternoon, there was audible booing in St. Louis, which is not something that I think we can have heard much, if at all, in the last 20-something years, um, has got to at least get them rethinking a few things. Um, oh
1: man. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. No, that's what it. Is.
1: I was just going to say the booing on Wednesday night was louder than I've ever heard it. I, as I said, had my game, had the game on mute yesterday, so I don't know what was going on. Uh, I can't imagine it was uh, very friendly during that. Was that the third inning where? Um, yeah. Yeah seemed like it was never going to end, mm-hmm. but man, that booing on Wednesday night and I, like three separate times. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that was something. And frankly, I was fine with it and I'm not even like a big booing person mm-hmm. uh, when it, especially, especially when it comes to your own team. Right. Uh, but I interpret that booing to not be at uh, Giovanni Gallegos um. I interpreted it to be fans' frustration with the whole thing, Um yeah. and I'm basically booing uh, Mosaic and company. Uh, hmm. Now, how you how how you make that termination, Obviously, that's impossible. Uh, but I, I hope Gallegos didn't think like, "Gosh, this is all on me," um, and. I didn't think it was actually that terrible of a decision to have him pitch that inning. I I know a lot of people wanted to have Helsley out there because he had only thrown what, 10 pitches. Something Um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and I think that makes sense too. Uh, But look, eventually we're going to have to have at least two decent relief pitchers or at least two pitchers that we trust in an inning like that, because we're not going to always have the luxury of, of, Having Helsley throw two and two thirds, right. you know, so you have to have another guy that you trust in that situation. And for the most part, I think we do trust guy egos, um or at least we have in the past. So w- would I have stuck with Helsley? Maybe, but I-, I don't think it was like that crazy of a call to have guy egos out there.
0: Sorry, I'm just sighing it in play runs. Is that apparently the Jordan Hicks oh. being good thing has? Decided to take a U-turn. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, I um, I agree. I think that, yeah, the booing was more about the whole situation, about expressing frustration in general. Um, because what else are you going to do? And I also agree that, you know, honestly, for me, even though I know Gallegos in his first year was the guy they always called on to get out of like a bases loaded jam or something. Cause they brought him in like 10 times and he always got out of it in the, in his first season or two. Um, I still think I'd rather have Helsley with runners on base and like, yeah, start it with a clean inning. Um, now that said, guy tends to be a little bit more homer prone than probably Helsley is, but Helsley hasn't been perfect this year. Um, and yeah, with with a with a third inning of sitting up, getting up, and and all that, I understand what they're doing, and I agree. I, I think it made sense, and I also think, I think if Gallegos comes in in the seventh and gives up a base hit that ties the game, people are saying, "Why didn't you just go ahead and bring in Helsley?" I, I don't know that that Ollie Marmol wins that argument. If things go bad, somebody's gonna find a problem. Yeah. Um, so I think the like in this situation the thought process was, was solid. Um, and yeah, you can debate whether you'd have know, brought healthy back out again, but I, I think you can also understand that there were solid reasons for what, for what Marmol did. So I, you know, when people are talking about firing Ali Marmol, you don't do it because of something like that for sure. Um, I mean, there are other decisions that maybe, but again, I, they're not going to fire Holly Marmol. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, yep. not, a year and a half into a, a contract. I don't think
1: the only way you fire Ollie Marmel right now is if there is serious, serious discontent in that clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, like people saying something to the effect of, I don't even want to play for this guy. Something like that. You, you certainly don't fire him for any sort of tactical decision. Um, at this point, I mean, if you do, then you fire him after game one of the playoffs last year. Uh, yeah. Leaving Helsley yeah. out there. Um, Way too long, uh, right? So the only way you fire him right now is if there are serious personality clashes that mm-hmm. seem to be uh, untenable.
0: Yeah, because that's the only reason they fired Mike Schilt as quickly as they did. Um, it seems like it seems like there were some personality issues and some some staff issues, and and I think probably they wanted to get Ollie into the that spot too. But um, yeah, I just. You know, again, this is not an organization that, you know, it's not George Steinbrenner of the 1980s, right? It's not a guy that's going to, you know, just willy-nilly start canning people and, and all that kind of stuff. They're going to stick with people perhaps longer than they should. But yeah, I mean, this is their guy. And, and you know, what's what we've said. Right now, the, the new modern manager is designed to be just a conduit to the front office. It's not necessarily. It's not the years of Whitey Herzog and Tony La Russa and you know big personalities in the in the clubhouse. It's a guy that's going to take what the front office's vision is and put it into play. So even if you fired Ollie Marmol, you're going to get somebody pretty much exactly like it because that's what the front office wants.
1: And to go back to my point that I've made before, if you fire Ollie Marmol, that's basically the third time in a mm-hmm. row you've had a manager who somehow can't implement your strategy.
0: And John Mosley looks a jerk.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that you can't somehow connect with All and, right. and doesn't want to quite do, do your bidding in the way you want them to. Uh, why do we think the fourth guy is going to be any different? Um, so I hope that certainly is not the case here with Ollie Marmon that everyone is on the same page because uh, if not, then it sounds like it's just really hard to be on the same page with this front office. Right.
0: Right, And, and I mean, then you start getting to the point, you know, if when you see a season like that, do you want to be on the same page as the front office? Is the front office taking on a little bit more than they can chew on this? Now it's hard to say that when, you know, it's basically the same situation as we had last year and the Cardinals won what 90 something games and you know if it wasn't for helsley's finger probably go at least a round or two into the playoffs um so you know if it's the front office problem this year it should have been the front office problem last year so i don't know it's also very interesting to hear everybody kind of put this on the absence of yadi or molina um i you know we're all huge fans of yadi but you know yachty was checked out pretty much all of last year and and i don't know about the year before I, it's hard for me to imagine again that his personality is just, just what held this thing together last year
1: oh i i agree with that uh and as i've said before i agree with that while at the same time being as big of yadier molina believer mm-hmm. as as you could possibly be uh the testimonials from players and uh, there was another one today from aj perzynski a fellow catcher um mind you um basically just talking about yachty's sort of dominance over the clubhouse and how kind of almost like everything ran through him um and he said it in a way that was very complimentary because i think there's also a way to say that in a way that's not complimentary but this was at least i took it as a a big compliment Mm -hmm. um So I, I certainly agree with that, but I mean, he's, he wasn't, he's not a miracle worker. Um, there's only so much you can do with, um, this with a staff like this. Right. And would they in Yachty's prime be better? I think they probably would be, uh, but I don't think they're going to be a great staff.
0: Yeah. Do you think as we'll find out tomorrow, so we'll get to put you on record now, um, the return of Adam Wainwright is going to do something for the rotation. I don't, I don't think. I'm, I'm not saying is he going to come in here and be you know Cy Young Adam Wainwright, but is just him being in the rotation going to help solidify things a little bit?
1: I don't know. I hope so. Uh He certainly can't do any worse than blend in <laughs> with these guys. I mean, I can't imagine he would stand out and be like, oh man, of, of this rotation, Wainwright's really the kind of, you know, <laughs> he, he's the bad one. <laughs> um,
0: if he does, then he's going to retire real quick. Yeah. Yeah. If he
1: doesn't, then we, we have major problems. Uh, I I certainly hope his presence, uh, I know he's been in the clubhouse um, mm-hmm. still, even while he's um, been recovering from the groin injury. Um, but I, I certainly hope that his just presence of being on the mound um will have some sort of stabilizing effect uh why that would be i don't know um i i I certainly hope so uh at, at the very least i think they can stop throwing certain pitchers out there because they feel like they have to, because they don't know who else is going to take those innings. Um, like, so maybe someone like Matt's, we might, might be able to go work on some of uh, some things. I mean, if he would even want to do that, I don't know. Um, so I don't know. I am I'm, I'm ready to try anything at this point, I, I think. And Tigers just scored some more runs, by the way, it is now five to three.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of watching this as Gallegos come in and maybe he took that booing to heart a little bit more than he should have um, because well. threw a wild pitch and gave up a double. Um, but let's back up a little bit on this inning. You know, Jordan Hicks comes in, and we have seen better results out of Jordan Hicks, right? I mean, ever since they took him into low leverage situations and he did fine. And then he got into a, I don't know, maybe medium leverage situation in, in LA, facing Mookie Betts with a one run deficit, mm-hmm. struck him out. Mm-hmm. Um, he seemed to be back on a pace where he's not a guy you necessarily still want out in the seventh or, or eighth or ninth. But in this situation, like tonight, up four to three, top of the seventh inning. It feels like that's a situation where you feel a little bit comfortable with him. Um, And it kind of blew up. Is this a blip? Is this a step back? Is this just indication that he's going to have to just stay in low leverage situations? I mean, it's hard. I hate to read too much into an inning, but when you factor that into what we've seen the rest of this year, I think those are fair questions to ask.
1: He's always been raw, ever since. Tom- but ever since Tommy John, it seems. Um, how can I put this? Different,
0: mm.
1: if, if that makes sense. I, I, I was watching him, right when he came out today, and his second pitch was. Um, the the command looked so bad immediately. It kind of reminded me of, Trevor Rosenthal in that. I remember feeling like I knew what type of outing we were going to see from Trevor Rosenthal based on like his first or second pitch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I kind of feel that way about Jordan Hicks. His command immediately looked off. His second pitch was, um, was wild to the point that it bounced between uh, the batter's legs. Um, mm. And in almost any other case would have been a hit by pitch, but it just, by miracle missed him um so i i i continue to just be pleasantly surprised when he pitches a clean inning and uh expect him not to and expect no. to feel nervous uh especially when he's coming um into the into uh the 7th inning of a one run game and i'm not criticizing the decision i don't know who else you you want to have out there at this time with this because the bullpen's not that much better than um than the rotation but i think that might be the thing that it might be time to shake this up because this bullpen isn't really working either
0: yeah i mean they're better direct than the rotation and they're coming off a game where they pitched you know seven innings basically or six innings because of flaherty's quick exit um so i don't know who's all actually available out there I mean, you know, a guy like Chris Stratton has pitched pretty well, pretty solid, but he's, I know he pitched quite a bit yesterday. You know, Woodford was one that pitched yesterday, but obviously he's on the injured list. Um, But yeah, I mean, there are, there are, I don't know that anybody is just completely let's don't touch them, especially on the pitching staff. I mean, Montgomery, probably, yes. And Gaigos and Helsley, maybe. I'd be probably, but you know, anybody else you could, you could do, you know, you could move somebody in different situations. You could move them out of situations. I don't know, but it's, it's fair to say, well, I say it's fair to say it should be. I think it's fair to say that something, some sort of shakeup feels like it needs to happen. Um, But I don't also, I mean, this is a very, veteran team or it's a, if when, when, when the it's not veterans, there are people that they don't, you know, that are up and comers like, you know, Dylan Carlson or somebody, something like that. Somebody that, you know, isn't likely, isn't a spot where they're going to want to necessarily send them down or, you know, get rid of them or anything like that. So I don't know, barring some sort of significant trade, which don't typically happen in mid-May. I don't know how much they can do with that's not just kind of dancing around the edges.
1: Right. And just watching this has me thinking that, look, getting swept is never good. Uh, Getting swept at Dodger Stadium is not the most unheard of thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Um coming home and getting swept by the Angels. Uh very bad. But the Angels, at least so far, are a pretty solid team. And they have arguably two of the top five players in baseball. Uh and, who both
0: performed pretty well. And um, who both sat out at least one game while they're yeah, playing. The
1: so. um, now, if we get swept by the Tigers, uh the what, 14 and 18 Tigers or 13 and 17 13, Tigers yeah. in play, who play in a division that's arguably worse than the NL Central. Do you think there could actually be some sort of like heads might roll situation this early? Because I know we talked about this earlier that it would take a mm. lot um, for someone like Ollie to get fired or something. But the more I think about it, you can't lose that many games at this point and think you can stay the course, at least in my opinion. And, I, and I'm someone who never wants like a a quick hammer. Like I, I've always really admired how like the Pittsburgh Steelers have had like three coaches throughout their um, history. And I think that sort mm-hmm. of stability certainly begets success. Um, right. But you can't get, you can't, You need to win this series. They need to take two of three from the Tigers right here. Uh, I I don't want to sound like Dan. I I think it was uh, Dan Shaughnessy, uh, the Red Sox writer. I remember Mm -hmm. one time they were like 0-1. And and (laughs) before the next game, he called it like a must-win game. And and this was when the Red Sox were like good, you know. (laughs) Um, And he was being serious. So I don't want to sound like that. But I feel like this is a must-win two of three series. Yeah. Not not must like, or, or you have to fire everybody, but just in terms of like, you have to start winning games eventually. And these are the games you have to start winning. If you want yeah. to salvage this at all.
0: If you can't win two of three against the tigers who yes, have a better record than you, but so does pretty much everybody in major league baseball. Um, if you can't win that at home with Jordan Montgomery going in one of the, in the series, yeah, it's hard to say, where are you going to start winning? Um, and, you know, we've still got time in this game. There's a couple of runners on right now. But, you know, if you lose the first game with Montgomery on the hill, and obviously he's already not going to get a decision, but and it's going to take some sort of rally, which maybe they're working on. But if you lose that with him on the mound, it yeah, it's just, it gets to the point where it's hard to believe you're ever going to win. And, you know, I, I don't, this, this clubhouse, if you just look at what they're saying and how they're playing and things like that, seem to really be feeling the weight of this um, to the point where it's hard for them to, to do anything right, I think, because they're so looking for that perfect moment or in this situation, okay, there's two runners on, I've got to get a hit, I have to get this runner in And because if I don't, you know, we continue this tailspin, I I think, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it feels like it would, you know, if something happened, a big moment happened that, that would break them loose, but we've seen a couple of those things where they win a game and like, all right, here we go. You know, on the next day they come out and get shut out. So it's, I don't know. I don't know what, but yeah, if you lose it to the Tigers this weekend, I I guess you start scouting the 2024 draft because that's, I mean, it's really hard to see that you're going to do a whole lot. If you can't win the series, the vibes are
1: very, very bad, Mm -hmm. very bad. Uh, But I, I know we, we pride ourselves on a PG show here, um, but there's a Seinfeld scene where George Costanza is just like staring out into the abyss and saying like, I just can't imagine a scenario where I would ever be like romantic with a woman ever again. How could it happen? How could I, ha- that's that. how I'm starting to feel about the car. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. Start- how are they ever going to win a game? <laughs> you know? And, and this is I'm the same person who was like saying, calm down everyone. They're not going to lose hundred. <laughs> They're probably not going to lose 90, but I understand why people feel that way. I mean, when you get in one of these sort of funks, uh, it it can it can feel it's a very helpless feeling and the reverse is true when when they're on uh, a, a big winning streak. I, I believe in two thousand. I remember in two thousand eighteen, late in the season, uh, Schilt's first year, they had like an eight game winning streak. I don't know if you do you remember that?
0: Yeah, yeah, vaguely. yeah.
1: Yeah, and I I just remember thinking like I forgot what this was like. Like I I feel invincible right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I say I. You know what I mean. Well, yeah.
0: I mean, you you expected them to win, even if, yes. and it was kind of, it was like that in that in that seventeen game winning streak too, right? They'd oh, be for down sure. in the, down in the seventh or eighth, and you just okay, oh, that, well, they're going to hit a home run to win, you know tie this thing or something like that.
1: Yeah, that Brewers game, I, I think is the one that we always think about. When weren't they down like five nothing or six nothing? Yeah, or something like that. And yeah, it was just like okay, I could see them coming back here, and they did, and they won, <laughs> uh, and and that's just kind of how you feel in the moment when when uh, something like a winning streak like that is happening. And what we're experiencing right now is the exact opposite.
0: <laughs> so we've talked a lot about the pitching, but there were moments this week, I mean, not a lot of them, but there were moments this week where the pitching was fine and the offense wouldn't support them. Um, I'm looking at this ending right here, especially as we're talking, you know, they, the Cardinals have three hits and no runs yet. I mean, they've had three, you know, if it's going to take you four hits to get a run, I mean, I know this team puts up a lot of hits at times, but it just doesn't feel like they, one, get the hit they need, or two, you know, it's not the extra power that they need. Um And there's a lot of different reasons for that. I mean, one of which is Nolan Arnato has been struggling, but this offense should be better than it is too, and I don't know what you do about that
1: Well, I think I mentioned last week that Nolan arnado Dylan Carlson and Tyler O'Neill were all slugging uh, uh, under four hundred and mm-hmm. a week later they're all slugging under three fifty uh, yeah I, I think two of them might be under three twenty um I, I think one of those guys I just mentioned is slugging like three thirty or something like that. Uh, I mean that's kind of the story right there. Uh, the, the game that it looked like they had a chance of winning against the angels on Wednesday. Yeah. uh, They had a one run lead, you know, they had four Mm -hmm. runs and it felt like, ah, finally we we've we're there. (laughs) Uh, And they coughed it up because they couldn't score any more insurance runs. Um, once Otani left the game and they're going to have to start doing that.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's also the, the, the you know, this, the confounding thing about this team, right? They scored four runs off of Otani and they couldn't score off of anybody else. Um, you know, the one game they almost won this week was a game started by, you know, an AL Cy Young type of pitcher. So, um, who had
1: 13 strikeouts through 5. Right. Yeah,
0: he was still pretty good. Um Yeah, I I don't I don't know. I mean, obviously I say obviously. I think we say this and I think it's true. But obviously Nolan Arcano is going to hit better. Um you know, obviously we're going to see more power out of people like Paul Goldschmidt. Things like that. That said, I mean, what happens if they, I mean, if they don't, then you're done. I mean, you know, that's just, there's just nothing you can do. And you write the season off as a lost cause, but you know, we keep saying, yeah, they're going to do this, but here we are, you know, five weeks, six weeks into the season and they're still not. Speaking of a lost cause
1: and sorry if you heard me groan, but Wilson Contreras kind of had a weak ground to the pitcher with the bases loaded and two outs and the rally, um, Yeah, speaking of a lost cause and, you know, too much outfield depth has been something we've talked about a lot. Uh, Is it time to kind of shut the book on the Tyler O'Neal experience? I think it's getting real close. He's had one, granted, very good season. And it was, I think, kind of what everyone was kind of, the type of season everyone was ready for him to have um, to say, see, that's what we've been talking about all these years, but he's had one good year. And I, and I want to say even that year, did he play more than a hundred games?
0: I think he did. I think that's the one the, the the only year he did. And that's the idea that if he plays, if he plays, he'll, he'll hit, Uh, you know, whether he can, whether that's true, we still don't necessarily know because he's had a lot of injuries, but You know, even when he's been on the field like this year, you know, yeah, his back's been bothering him some, and it's it's what put him on the injured list today, but, you know, he's still hitting, you know, has a OPS plus of 72. I mean, that's, you know, how much of that is back and how much of that is just not figuring it out.
1: You're right, by the way, I'm looking at his page on Fangraphs right now, Mm -hmm. and he um, played 138 games and had 537 plate appearances. I forgot how good he was this year. I mean, he hit 286, 352,
0: 560, 144 WRC plus, F4 of, he he was uh, almost a six-win player. And I mean, he had 138 games that year. And in the five season, the three before and the two after, and granted those are not full seasons because some of those he spent in the minors, but he's had, you know, a total of 300 games in those five years. I mean, that's just, you know, granted this year, and this year's not a full year. So that's that, you know, it's one thing, but he hasn't, he hasn't just either hasn't stayed on the field because of injury or effectiveness the whole time. And, and yeah, I think you start to wonder whether it's ever going to happen.
1: And I would also say that if if a player did need to be moved to kind of clear up this logjam that they seem to have, I would start with them.
0: Hmm. The, the, the problem, of course, being the same problem ever that we always have, you know, what can you get for him at the rate that he's at now? Because, yeah, somebody will trade for him, but they're not going to give you what his potential is. They're going to give you what you've seen out of him right um, I, I
1: mean yeah and, I mean, and, and
0: by the time he gets to, if he got to the point where he started showing some of that potential then the cardinals need him so um you know i i, I but i agree i, I mean and in, in, to some degree he's uh, very similar in that regard to jack flarity right jack Flaherty had his one good year and then because of injuries and other ineffectiveness i mean he's had stretches where he's been okay but for the most part he's not been that for the last few years. And to the point that, you know, everybody were like at the end of the season, the Cardinals are never going to be able to spend the money to keep Jack Flaherty. Well, now it's like the Cardinals aren't going to want to sign Jack Flaherty. And even though his price is probably going to be in their range, I don't know that they're going to be that interested in doing that.
1: I, I don't think so. Um And I'm... On his end, he might not want to sign with the Cardinals either. It it might be things where it's time to just change the scenery. Might be, yeah, might be the best for everyone involved.
0: Yeah, and and I I agree with you. I think, you know, I have I think I said on the show a week or so ago. If I didn't, I've said it somewhere that I felt like the Cardinals were going to move an outfielder early, sometime in the first couple of weeks of may probably to f- free up a spot for Jordan Walker to return. Now, Jordan Walker has not necessarily hit well in Memphis. Um, so maybe that's a little bit less of a priority. And, but I, you know, I just felt like they were going to do something to start freeing up some spots. And I think if the Cardinals don't win, especially if they don't like to don't win this weekend, like we were talking about when losing this, if they lose a series of tigers. You start thinking, okay, Let's we can put Jordan Walker out there and not worry about his defense, let him figure it out at the major league level because we don't have to worry about winning ballgames this year.
1: For sure. I, I just don't know when that determination is made. Um, because oh, three weeks after. Out, so they are in dead last. And, and this is just the absurdity, in my opinion, of how the playoffs work now. Um, but they are in dead last in the national Mm. league and six and a half or something games out of the last playoff spot, which is nothing when there are still what five months of baseball to play. Now when you have to leapfrog, how many, basically every team, uh, (laughs) yeah, every single team that's not currently in the playoffs. And then that's a bit of a different story, but when there's five months of baseball, that's a, not an impossible thing to do at all.
0: No, no, and that's why I think we talk about trying to do something now, right? Not not letting this. I mean, it's it's pretty bad right now, but if you you better be really confident in your process if you don't change anything. I guess that's what I'm saying, and I think that. You know, if you, if the Cardinals don't change anything, the people say they don't care. They're just there for the money, all that, all that stuff. And I don't know that that's a hundred percent. I don't think it's true at all. Honestly, I think the Cardinals have, have a vested interest in winning, at least on their terms. And that, you can't argue that, but I think, you know, if they are convinced that this is going to work, they're going to stick with it. And maybe it will. It should, um, but it becomes really hard to do that if you're 11 and 32 or something like that, which hopefully okay, they won't gosh. be. That's that would be bad.
1: Standing record.
0: Yeah, it is. But then again, if you don't win this week, what? Um, what's? I mean pull the schedule. Because they go on the road, don't they? Yeah. Um, Let's pull up the schedule and see what it looks like. Because, um, well, they go into Wrigley for three games, which you, you never know yeah. what's going to happen in Wrigley, right? Then they oh go God, to they got swept. Uh, oh, yeah, lose two. Well, to it, yeah. but I wish and you've got stat had. Maybe you can figure this out for me. I would like to know when the last time the Cardinals went to Wrigley Field in last place was. It has to have been.
1: Ooh, a long I love that question. Um, you don't even need stat head to probably figure that out. I could just figure that out by just perusing uh you know baseball reference for a little bit. Um which uh anytime I I tweet something, um, mm-hmm. and it all of a sudden gets like a bunch of, that that's has a fact similar to what you just said, and it'll get like some likes and retweets and stuff like that. I I almost feel like everyone knows like I'm just looking at baseball reference right yeah, for this right. like that I don't that I'm not just like a wealth of not like uh I, I feel like a fraud I think is what I'm saying
0: oh, oh I know what I mean I do that in fact actually it was I guess it was last night night before last when I had that question I sat down at my computer and then I was gonna do that I was gonna per, and I was like well it's getting close to 10 o'clock and I don't want to be here all night so yeah. um, I'm writing
1: that down right now because that, that is yeah. a that is a wonderful wonderful question yeah um, um
0: and it's guaranteed because I think I saw, I mean, their Cardinals were three and a half back right now of the Reds because uh, the, the top two teams didn't win this week, but the Reds have. And so even if the Cardinals swept the series and even if the Reds got swept this weekend, the Cardinals are would be a half a game in last place going yeah. to the field. So and, you know, here we are watching you know middle you know with two two chances left for them not to be sweat to to lose today i mean Um, you'll have to put some sort of like after may qualifier,
1: or at least after like 10 games because i can think of a time where we've opened at wrigley where you you know where right we lost the first game and you you know what i mean so um
0: well but then that wouldn't count because you didn't you weren't in last place when you went
1: ah ah okay 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 so
0: um, but I, yeah, I, I, I mean, mean again, still, I'll you figure it to, out you figured, and especially, especially, yeah, like you said, after the first two, two weeks of the season, probably but the Cardinals haven't been in last place even that late in the season very often. Right. So, um, no. be interesting, but then they go, then they go to Boston, you know, then they come home and play the Brewers and the Dodgers, <laughs> um, before going on the road to play the Reds, which, <laughs> you know, uh, suddenly so, has import. Um, and so all record. the
1: bad teams are on the second half of the schedule. So they might they yeah. might win at a 96-win pace the last two months of the season, but it won't matter because they'll still only have like 15 wins that they are right. building upon.
0: Right, right. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> kind of the thing, because I mean, yeah, you get the end of this month, you get the Reds, the Guardians, and the Royals as you go into June. Um, and then you get the Pirates, Rangers, Reds, Giants, Mets, Nationals before you go to London. Um, so there, the schedule does get a little bit easier depending on what how for real the Pirates are or whatever. But yeah, I mean there's there's it's not impossible to think of them being two weeks from Sunday at the end of the next homestand being like whatever is it whatever that is like fifteen and thirty or something like that. Because this is not an easy schedule for any team, much less a team that is still trying to figure out what it's doing.
1: Yeah. And look, eventually you have to stop relying on the schedule too and just say, look, we're a decent team. It doesn't matter who we're playing. We will, we have to win games, Mm -hmm. especially
0: at home. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, And I mean, I feel like the argument could be made although they're not making it right now. But the argument can be made that if they got a stretch of easier games and kind of found their footing and started, you know, piling up a couple wins, start to feel like, okay, this is is who we are, then maybe they could, you know, when they ran into bigger, better teams, they would be more likely to be able to be competitive against them. Um, I, you know, again, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they can get that kind of momentum against weaker teams. And even if they can, like we said, you know, unless you get a whole lot of traction this weekend, it's going to be a while before you run into some of those teams. So they're just going to have to, they're going to have to play better against better teams because that's their only option. Yeah. RB Nolan
1: Arenado just had a very Nolan Arenado-like looking single in the right field, so that could be a good sign. I don't know. I'll so take they, anything right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's two for four tonight. He was two for I think he was two for three with a walk on Wednesday night, but well, then you know, yesterday he's zero for four. So
1: the uh, and, and the big thing with him, if you uh, and, and I, I never realized how easy baseball savant was to use on mobile until ben godar showed me but um (laughs) if you look at his baseball savant page it's ugly it's really bad like he's not hitting the ball hard uh it's not a matt carpenter from 2018 situation where he didn't have uh the production there but everyone knew it was only a matter of time like that's Mm -hmm. not what's currently happening with Arenado. so hopefully it's not like oh he's just a broken Type thing. Um, hopefully it is something that will turn around soon. Um, cause yeah, it, it does not look good.
0: Yeah, it, it feels to me like, and I don't know if I read it somewhere or got the impression or whatever that it was like he wanted to, he tinkered with the swing to try to make it better. And it's almost like, whatever it was, go back to what you were doing, you know? Um, I don't know, get it, get a, a different hockey puck, uh, bat or something like that. I don't know, but, um, sometimes if it ain't broken don't fix it and i think it kind of feels like that maybe what he did um that that said who knows maybe just it's just a rough you know we see that at times right i mean not to this level but you know paul goldschmidt had a what a terrible couple of months his first year in st louis right i mean not terrible might be overstating a bit but it was not the goldschmidt that we thought we were getting and then eventually kind of kicked in and, and saw a little bit more of of that um so maybe maybe that's all it is. Um, hopefully, but they got to figure something out. Um, and they it would be nice if they try to figure it out now. But you know we're here to five outs away and to going what oh and twelve at openers, right? If they don't rally here, um, which is just—I mean, one—it's amazing that people actually. Oh, well, four outs. I'm sorry. Four outs away. Play. Yeah. It's amazing that they, these kind of stats are kept. Um, and I guess maybe they're less kept and more being able to find. But uh, I think they said this would be the worst. I think the, the record was like 0-15 by some 1900s team. Um, to lose the first game of 12 straight series, <laughs> I, I, it just it just boggles the mind, right? I mean, it's like that really shouldn't be able to happen. Will this be number 11 or 12? it may be 11 okay i may be off one i feel like angels was 10 and this is 11 but yeah you probably let will see blue jays braves brewers rockies pirates diamondbacks mariners giants dodgers yeah this is 11 okay is angels, so okay well oh and 11 that's no. nothing. <laughs> no you're right it doesn't seem like it should be possible
1: um, it, it it's like what i said last it, it's it's like that 0 and 21 again a very different thing but mm-hmm. having an 0 and 21 star it just doesn't seem like the law of averages in baseball would allow for it but here we are
0: yep yeah it it does feel like the cardinals are paying the bill for maybe the last two decades of cardinal <laughs> Babel magic you know, uh, Lil Scooter had a good
1: uh, article about that. Yeah, in the for yeah. today. I don't know if you I read saw, it, but I
0: saw that one. Yeah, that yeah. was good. That was good. And, and I mean, it, it makes I mean, I don't want to say it makes sense because that's silly and superstitious, <laughs> but you see that, right? I mean, to some degree, the Cardinals have been a little bit immune to this idea of what comes up must come down. You know that this that the law the law of averages and stuff like that. They've been very successful, and maybe well, if Bakota's anything to anything to use, they've been over successful for fifteen years, and it's like that's
1: another streak I just didn't have room for in that tweet of <laughs> things that could end this year.
0: Yeah, we should like somebody somebody noted that we should have known something was up when Bakota actually kind of liked us. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, well.
1: What was I going to say? Ah, it, it slipped my mind. So yeah. keep saying what you were going to say, but I, I actually had a, a point to make. Um. Oh, this is it. So I, I think you would throw us in there with the Yankees and Dodgers in terms of one of those teams that just seems to always be above 500. Right. Um, which the Cardinals have been um, every year since, starting in 2000, but one. Um, and I, I think the Yankees have been over 500 every year since like 93 years or, or something like that. And the Dodgers every year, I want to say since what, 2011. Um, I so, think that was last year. They ended- anyway. Uh, yeah. My point is it, it's a lot easier to understand why the Yankees and Dodgers are there um, be- because they always have such premium talent mm-hmm. Um, and, and not that the Cardinals don't, uh, but not but not to their level that they uh, and, and I'm not criticizing that at all. Like Good for them. Like, I would be furious if I cheered for the Yankees or Dodgers um, with a payroll that high. Um, I, I mean, with a with a team that, you know, raked in that much cash and, and didn't have a high payroll as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Cardinals, as you were saying, does seem to be kind of more like, wait, eventually they're going to have to have a bad year. Eventually um, they are not building something that's indestructible, but they're building something that's solid and seems to work, but it's not indestructible. And eventually it has to collapse. And that could be what's happening this year. Finally.
0: It could be. And I mean, you know, you, you hear, you know, things are built for the, the the hundred year flood right it's going to be the, there's a flood that comes through every you know basically once every 100 years that hits this part and that's what we're protecting against and you know this just may be that hundred year flood type of thing where everything goes wrong and and you just bottom out and all you can do is you know dry out over the off season and come back again next year um although hopefully with a little bit of urgency in the in the off season Um, and who knows? I mean, like we said, we keep talking like this. There is a lot more time left in this season. And then the, you know, look, Cardinals just scored another run. So there's a lot more time in this game, even, um, we'll feel. Oh, they scored. Oh, so you're ahead of me. Well, I got game day just told me it was in play runs. So okay. That's all I know. So. It, it was a because you said one run,
1: and I'm like, well, wait a second. That's a ball to the gap, but it was a ground rule double, which yeah. prevented the uh, runner on first from scoring, who certainly oh. would have scored um, yeah. had it not been for that. But yeah, it, Lars Newbar, there you go. And that that's another guy who, um, uh, you know, I I, I want to see more of Lars Newbar. <laughs> yeah Uh, because he's playing well and he seems to be someone who uh look if no one else is going to step up and say um you know enough of this and not that no one is i what do i know um right but he seems like someone as as good of candidate as any to just say like kind of give the similar chris carpenter speech in late august of 2011 Uh, we're we're not going to embarrass ourselves
0: yeah and i mean we obviously know that lars is not a shrinking violet um I mean, anybody that can go into Japan's national team and kind of take over <laughs> is has confidence, I guess. um So yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I understand rotating these guys. I don't quite understand. I mean, it, they gave an explanation for today about Contreras DHing against lefties because they, until Yepes got here, there really wasn't another option, and so they've let. Kisner play catcher and Contreras DH, but that seems really weird. Um, so oh, although it looks like the Cardinals are going to lose their DH for the rest of the game, that should be fun. Um, but um, I had a point, I'm sure it was important. Um,
1: Contreras Kisner,
0: yeah. It's late. We're old. It's late. Yeah. 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 We just Whatever that, whatever, if there's a good point in your head, listener, well, that's the point I was going to make. So just go with that.
1: Well, I, I know we've been talking for a while, but did you know um, before we break that it's been since 1908 that the Cardinals have lost a hundred games in a season? I didn't know it lined up with, you know, and now yeah. it, it doesn't anymore, but right. I didn't know it lined up with when the Cubs had last won the world
0: series. I didn't either. It was 1912. That's the last time they, they finished last. Right. Is that right? Or is it 1918?
1: N- no, they finished last in 1990, but before that was 1918.
0: Well, I'm at, I'm at yeah. the last. Yeah. The worst oh, record in baseball. Yes. I think it's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Of course. Yes. So 1918, of course was, that was the Red Sox year too. Wasn't it? Yes. Before they did all that. So um, So, I mean, if the Cardinals are finishing, I guess it's Cleveland's year? Is this what we're saying? I don't know. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, it's kind kind of weird to see that. So, anyway, hopefully the Cardinals rally. Hopefully some of our discussion about the doom and gloom seems a little bit less when you hear this because they finally, you know, they've pulled out a game and maybe... Maybe if you're listening to this after the weekend, they've even swept the series and we look really silly and that's fine. We're good with that. If that happens, but I would love to look silly. I I look silly all the time. So I would like to look silly in this regard. um, Very happily. So, but anyway, we are past our time. And so we will be, um, well, I will be with you next week and I believe Kyle Reese is going to join me um, to talk about, whatever Kyle wants to talk about because we know better than to try to corral Kyle. So, um, but until then for Alex, I'm Daniel, good night. Good night.